Hello and welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Anthony. I'm Chris. And I'm Susie. And Chris is just back from the Balkans, right? Where you were <laughs> immersed in an espionage That's circle. Right. I'm not allowed to talk about it. Okay, sorry. I, I realized as I was saying that I probably shouldn't be talking about it. Nobody's going to come there tonight and kill me, are they? We don't know. Okay. Just, well, I guess you wouldn't be able to tell me that either. I'm not good at this espionage thing. Just, just so sweetie. just close your address on here. Yeah, that's true. So, we just saw Pet Cemetery, and uh, we we want to talk about it. So, we're this is going to be our spoiler-ridden review. That being said, what do you guys think? Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um... They did make a lot of changes. Uh, I see. I haven't read the original novel, but I, you know, I do remember the original film, and they did make a, a fair amount of changes. Um, but I feel like the changes that they made did kind of bring it more so into this decade. It made it, it made it fresh for kind of for today's audience. Definitely a bit more. Um, I f- feel like it was it was well done for what they were trying to accomplish. I concur with you, actually. Um, I thought it brought the, the pacing together quite nicely. Um, but unfortunately, it fell apart for me in the third act. Like I said, I kind of was on the edge of my seat for a bit. Um, I was enjoying the few jump scares they did throw at me on account of... I've already seen the film, uh, or the original anyway, so I know what's terrifying there. And they kind of had to resort to these cheap shots to get you this time. Um, but it was fun. And, and modern, and um, unfortunately, it just fell apart really, really terribly, though. Terribly? Terribly. That sounds a little harsh. Oh, I'm harsh. <laughs> but I, I, did, I did find it an interesting choice because, you know, all the Stephen King revivals, It and Stranger Things, even though that's not Stephen King. No, but it's know, directly influenced. The, the um, uh, you know... Um, Oh, what's well, it like called? Well, like the tone, the, that the tone, whole it's thing. It's like the, the revival of these 80s yeah. kind of The kids on the bikes movies, that's what I always think of. That they're trying mm-hmm. to do is so popular right now, so it just seemed interesting that they made this choice to make it modern day. Yeah, the 2019 revival. instead of setting it in the 80s. Because you do have cell phones, and it does right. change the pacing of the movie with cell phones. And um, the way doctors might think about something in 2019, that they wouldn't think about something in... 1985. Yeah. Definitely. So it just it, it was an interesting choice. I expected it to be set, you know, in the 80s. 80s, 90s. I did mm-hmm. not expect it to be set present day, and I kind of disagree with the decision because I don't, you know, the sentimentalism that they're working with right now with the success of Stranger Things just seemed like they should have stayed on that same uh, arena. I could totally see. I think this movie actually would have benefited from that. However, I'm glad they didn't do it because there is a point where. So there's a movie from last year called Summer of 84 that is totally the 80s, kids on bikes, solving a, you know, there's a murder in town, who is it, blah, blah, blah. It's a really good movie. I liked it, but I felt a fatigue in that if it had that, you know, Stand By Me, Stranger Things, it kind of feel to it. And I was I was just starting to get like, is everything going to be fucking like this for yeah, a while? Yeah, it can't easily get oversaturated. Yeah, mentally. so... While I think that would have helped smooth over some of the problems I had with this movie, although you notice this isn't a movie where cell phones made a shit of a difference. Yeah, not really. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So, in, it, I'd be curious if that was like the crux of why they didn't set it in the past. Like, well, let's see. We should always set it in the past because it'll take care of cell phones. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. 
guy at the back of the class, your hand up. Yeah, well, the cell phones aren't going to make a difference. Because look at the way the story is. Nobody, you know, really needs to get a hold of anybody to save them at any, you know, mm-hmm. on the moment. Yeah, because, you know, the cell phone usage in it could have very easily been shot, you know, with a... Landline. Yeah, exactly, yeah. with a landline, and you just draw the uh, the timeline out a little bit more. He also hops on the internet, and he looks at the articles. Which I liked. I did is, like that. Yeah, that you is know, true. It's a way to make it quicker, but it's also, because it jumps so quickly from things to things, that's where we lost the connection to... Um, maybe the psychosis that the characters fall into after a while. Mm-hmm. You know, the staying awake late, trying to research Definitely. things. It's like, because things happen so quickly, you're like, why is this person descending into madness so quickly? So quickly. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, if you are going to be, you know, making the film more contemporary and, um, you know, having it be faster paced, then, you know, you also need to make the film itself longer to counteract that. Yeah. I want, you, know, you could have these films be shorter and that 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 drag out uh, that feel like they're dragging out a lot, you know, by having very long scenes, very slow pans, and things like 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 the first Star Trek the motion picture. Mm-hmm, Not mm-hmm. that long of a movie, but it seems like it's going fucking forever. Because, right, because you know, there's long. Here's fifteen minutes of just panning over the ship. I love that. I love that aspect of that oh, yeah. era and that, of movies, that yeah. world building. Yeah. That really brings you in and you feel like you're sitting inside that house. Yes. You feel like you're sitting inside well that spaceship. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big thing about that world building that doesn't really happen in movies today. Yeah. That want to be so quick, quick, quick and not waste any time see, doing a long pan over anything. Right. And I really miss that. And it's part of what draws you into actually being there and not just watching a story on it. Well, so I, I feel like... I mean, there are people that still make movies like that, but, uh, you know, like Paul Thomas Anderson is a great example where it's like, or Tarantino even, he likes to take his time and let things breathe. This, it's interesting you brought up the time, the timing and the quickness, because my main problem with this, and I, I think that this is just, I think this is something that draws a line between me and other movies. I can't think of an example right now, but this is like why some movies I'm just like, yeah, I just didn't like it. I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't like it. I like things to occur more organically. And so maybe because this is an adaptation of a Stephen King book, so which is probably very long, and he really lets you live in his world when you mm-hmm. read his words, right? Mm-hmm. He's very descriptive. Some people bag on him for that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But this just felt like, to adapt this movie and make people happy by not cutting anything out, we are going to have to hit a number of landmark beats. And that's all this movie does. And so all the characters, to me, were there to do was to hit these beats and there was no connective tissue and you mentioned connect, you know connections as well Susie there was no connective tissue between the beats so it just became like a staccato you know like reading bullet points visually and while there was some great atmosphere it's too many jump scares uh, just you know but I, to me it just didn't work because it was just those those landmark beats and it's like well okay but I don't Nothing feels at stake or yeah, genuine. Yeah, for me, or... the movie ended and just like it just seemed like there's yeah hitting points just to hit points. Yeah. Stupid decisions to move the storyline along quicker. Yeah. And just like you know a comedy of errors. Yeah, almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in the book, they, they do all the same stupid shit, but it doesn't feel quite so. But it's explained by madness. Contrived. Yeah, yeah exactly. More so, and. Go ahead. Sorry, Chris. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, I was going to say, because, you know, since they made everything, you know, just quick, 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 um, you know, it would have benefited 
if yeah it would have been um, you know had just 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 a slower build and then you get to that third act and then you hit that quick 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 quick. Yeah. Also, because yeah, yeah they started it that... the, the tension, but yeah. like, it seemed like yeah, straight away it was. They started that jump scare like super quick in yeah. like the very first you know two minutes of the movie, and mm-hmm. so it kind mm-hmm. of almost felt like the pacing was always the same. There wasn't a build up and a yeah, we hit the ground running resolution. But... It was just kind of always the same feeling through the whole movie yeah. of just like tension. Yeah. But not super terrible tension, but not relief either. Well, yeah. Like, it was mm-hmm. just. A lot of the sameness. Yeah, sameness. Yeah, yeah. There would be minor swells here and there, but you know, but beyond that, you know, it it did kind of just yeah, it 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 kind of it plateaued. Yeah, definitely. Well, and that goes with what you were saying about the third act. So you were so Anthony was saying to me in the car on the way back here that it fell apart in the third act and that you felt like kind of rapid fire tropes. And I had said to him, like, I was so tuned out by that time that I didn't, I know they were there, but I don't know what that was. So like, talk to me about what the third act was like for you to watch. Uh, third act ended up becoming kind of like a, uh, a montage of like tributes to other films and then end up going into like action tropes that you would see in, you know, your expendables films or what have you. Um, I mean, uh oh we've got a cat we've got an evil cat yeah, uh church found us yeah <laughs> oh damn she really you wants st- your attention sean she loves you you start seeing nods to night of the living dead you see nods to creep show you see nods to cujo i mean and all that stuff is you know it's within the king verse and that's mm-hmm. cool but you know i want something a little more connective other than uh just these little little tribute shots yeah. and then, and then a really ridiculous action scene at the end which is just downright silly. I'm sorry, I don't. We're spoiling, right? Yeah. So I yeah. don't believe a child can, you know, drag drag her mother up, up up the you yeah. know, uh, the the deadfall. Impossible. I hated how small the Micmac burial ground actually is because I remember in the original, it's it's this huge, like, ominous, scary place, and here it's just like, well, we've got this little set here. Yeah. Here's a sandbox. Let's play with. <laughs> And it, I don't know. Just... I, I kind of like that though. It, it made it feel like it was more sacred, you know, like it was more of like an like an altar almost, you know, as opposed to just here's a giant chunk of land. It made it feel more hidden to me. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. To you know, me, I mean, what they call it, a breakfall? What was the? Oh, wall? deadfall. 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 Yeah. yeah, I just it seemed like it was so far away from the deadfall. If there was somewhere where I thought they wasted time, it's like the distance between the deadfall and the burial ground was so far. It just seemed like it wasted too much time to swamp. get there. I feel like the deadfall, if it was put there, it was put there because the it's other right burial ground was right yeah. on the other yeah. side. Right? Yeah. That's... Like, why is it all the way over there? Why are we wasting time going through this stream and up this mountain? And uh, but I, I mean, I kind of like that though, because it did kind of show you that. You know, here was the regular woods, and then the further, the closer they got to it, the woods around it kind of started get started deteriorating and, and like, turning into something. Yeah, like almost like like that spot, the, the burial, evilness. the burial ground, kind of radi- radiated out. Yeah, exactly. Was the heart? Mm-hmm. You know, 
It's funny because as a kid, I always assumed that it was right on the other side. And then having just rewatched the original one the other day, I was like, wow, they go on a hike. Right, right. And they go we, fucking mountain climbing. It's like they go over boulders and all this crazy so that's shit. What I, yes, yeah, there's I a long track. I'm a novice. I yeah. haven't read the book and I yeah. haven't seen the original right. movie. This is just my reaction. There's to such the a long trek and it does pull you out of it for a bit. I'm like, when the hell are we getting to this thing? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of pulls the pacing back and it, it, it causes an issue. It's funny. I said on the last podcast that one of the things about the trail the second trailer that they I saw before us that I really like lo- I love the scene in the book and they do it justice here where they're kind of between the deadfall and this because King always writes about these thin places that's how he describes them where it's kind of like you picture like this tissue between the two worlds is loose so things can pass between right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he does it so eloquent eloquently and he does it often where it's I really like it and in pet cemetery I thought he did it really really well where they are moving out of you know and what I was saying in the last episode was my favorite part of the book is where they're moving through that swamp and they, they, there's like something there and they see this like kind of hulking shape and it's, you know, this, maybe it's the Wendigo, maybe it's not. And it's like, they never tell you. It's just this weird thing where they kind of brush it against the characters. And so you as the reader and it's creepy as fuck and then that's it. Right. So they did that scene justice like I, I hoped they would, but I realized it actually detracted from the overall movie because it didn't really have the time. It's like that was the one point where I felt the movie kind of relaxed and like was like, okay, let's breathe a little. But it was like the wrong time to do that, kind of. So while I liked the scene and the way they did it, it kind of was filmed the way it was in my head when I read the book. It didn't, it just didn't really help the movie. So, yeah. I don't, I mean, see, I, I, I... I, I kind of enjoyed that part because I liked when um, when they were first going out there and then you hear just, you know, this kind of this otherworldly howl, you know, yeah. roar kind of thing in the background, you know. And, uh, it's a loon. Exactly, yeah, yeah. He says, <laughs> what the hell is that? You know, he goes, oh, it's a loon, don't worry about it. And then later on after Church comes back and he kind of breaks it down to, uh, Judd kind of breaks it down to... Um, Lewis. To Lewis. Um, you know, what really going on, you know, what really happened in these myths and yada yada. And then he kind of talked to Precious on the, on the whole thing with the Wendigo that the uh, Native Americans believed and this and that. So then later on, when you see Lewis going back out there and then you hear that, that callback, you hear that same roar. And then you kind of see that little figure yeah. kind of, you know, in the trees, in the bushes, um, and then later on, once he gets up on top and, you know, when he's you know, burying, um, burying Ellie, you know, and then just when he himself you know, lets out that big, you know, roar, yes. you know, and then as soon as he does it, everything else around him kind of goes quiet. Yeah. You know, I felt like that was, you know, really significant. You know, it was, it was him, you know, just cause they said there was a line in there, you know, about, you know, the forest, you know, being inside, know, being, being inside. I can hear it inside. And Judd says something about, you know, the forest, you know, it, it calls to mm-hmm. you. Once you've been there, it calls to you. It plays in your grief. Exactly. And I felt like that was really, um, you know, a quite literal way of him answering the call. Yeah. That it was. Becoming like, I'm like you. I'm one of you now or whatever. Yeah. And that was this right there. That was the complete transition from, um, you know, from a sane man to just completely going over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would just, yeah, I would have liked to see him really descend into more um, darkness, like physically. Yeah. I wish they would have, like, because uh, aged him more, just, like, yeah. darkened his face and really just see him descend into some sort of 
like because they talk about how yeah it's kind of the woods have their own intentions their own demonic demonic intentions you know Mm -hmm. that's starting to that's starting to control him, you know? Mm-hmm. I wanted to see just, like, more madness. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So it's not just an immediate... You know? It made me think of The Mist, where there's, like... One of my major problems with that movie was, like, it's literally like, oh, my God, what's this outside? We can't go outside. And then everybody's insane. And it's like, could we not have shown, like, a couple... Like, lapsed a couple scenes, you know, over a couple hours and, like, shown the progression and not just, like, snap my fingers, I'm fucking crazy. They do. No, I didn't. The mist. It, I as mean, as soon as people started started getting killed. Well, the one woman, the religious woman, just it's it's literally. Mar- I feel like it's like, what's yeah, that Marcia, outside? It's a mist, and then she's Marsha Gay Harden. Yeah, it it just didn't work for me. Yeah, but so I mean, so this <laughs> this film it, this it was a relatively short. It was it right. Was, it's an hour and forty one minutes. Yeah, I was yeah, looking hundred, it up. Yeah, hundred one like, minutes. It could have been benefited by being if it would have been two hours. And everything's long. so long two now. Hours. Like I don't know what was the what was the point of making yeah, it like, so what was the thought process by so much. So, but it makes me wonder how much is on the cutting room floor, and if it would make it, it absolutely would make a better. Movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you exactly right now why it's the length that it is. You know, because you know, typically, what I mean, what's what's the highest grossing you know horror film? The Purge. Like actually, really? like an, is it really? for three million dollars? Thought you were gonna say thirty dollars. <laughs> looks like it, and it, it returned like thirty-three million. Yeah, but that's not the highest grossing. It's just it got well, its but like budgeting. no, but like but like a big studio, you know, production kind of thing. You ET know, then. Typically, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, t- typically, you know, like the like these kind of studio horror films, they don't fare as well to the general public. Which, which bears out, but there was nobody in that fucking theater. Yeah, I well, feel like I it's mean, geared toward them, though. I do. I, I honestly feel that it's geared toward like the current. Film going. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Ex- you're right. Yeah, it's not exactly. Like it was geared towards fam, like a family fun. No, film. but it was. Yeah. So here, you know what? I said to him, the the ArcLight shows three trailers before a movie. Yep. The first fucking trailer. I don't remember <laughs> the name of the movie, but it was basically like twenty. I'm twenty one, and this is. After it was like a Melrose place yeah. kind of, and I'm it like, wasn't, no, it was like a, it was like a fifteen year old. It wasn't. Even I turned Melrose to him place. and I said, "Who the fuck do they think is here tonight watching this movie? Like exactly. it was so out of place." Bunch of gross sex having kids. It's it was just nasty. We, you better yeah. be careful with Grady. He's temperamental. I don't know. Whatever. He has a right. tattoo and a remote yeah, shirt. You exa- watch exactly. Out. He's got VD. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! I mean, god damn. So exactly. that's. I think right. they think. That they were they were going for like a teenage audience. I think you're right. Yeah. No, no, that is not your audience. You're going for the very wrong audience here, and so it's like that's where I harp back to the the deciding to make it in 2019. And I get yeah, not wanting to oversaturate the the um, the nostalgia era of movies, but like Mm -hmm. I just think they they were going for the wrong population with a lot of decisions that they made. And you know, but I mean, it just but that, doesn't work for the people who end up actually going to see the movie, right? Yeah, but I mean, that's why I think the runtime is what it what it was. Just knowing that that they're gonna just you know the first two weeks that it's in you know in the theaters, we're gonna play it as many times in a day as we possibly can to get back as much money as we possibly can, and then later on for the diehard fans, then we'll put out the director's cut, and then people will go out and they'll buy that. And that's kind of how the studios do things. How many, you know, how many butts can we get in the seats every single day? Right. You know, that was part of the downfall of, like, Batman v Superman. Yeah, right, you right. Know, where where like they... Three-hour 
plus movie. You know, Where the ad for the DV, DVD with the director's cut is like an apology almost. Like that's like how the ad sounds. Like, oh no, this is the real movie, guys. Sorry. Because I mean, that's that that's what Zack Snyder wanted. And the yeah. studio said, nope, nope, we got to cut out 40 minutes. And it's and people are like, this doesn't make sense. It's so discombobulated. Right. Uh, but all in all, I mean, I, I, all in all, with this, this remake, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I loved the ending. I loved the ending that they chose to go with this time around. Like the, you're talking about the last shot, right? Like the... Yes. Yeah, the last shot and just, yeah, the last 45 seconds of the film. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I, I, I did like that aesthetically, like it was visually it was pleasing, a, but it just... I mean, and it was, it was a good change from, from the, from the film and from at least reading the synopsis of the, uh, of the ending on the book. Yeah, I mean, all I have to go on is reading some synopsis because I don't have anything to compare it against. But I just thought the ending was pretty silly to yeah. me. The, it just seemed fairly useless. They sucked a lot of the marrow out of it, so it just did. It's like the book is really fucking good. It's one of my favorite, And I didn't read it until maybe mm-hmm. seven or eight years ago. My friend Missy was like, how have you not read this? And she sent me Cujo <laughs> and that. And I loved both of them. And both of them, like... Blew me away because I had read plenty of King, but not I don't know, not that era I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just man I don't know it surprised me a lot. Yeah, so like comparing it to what I've read about the book, I know I like the ending of the book a lot better in yeah. my mind, just the way I imagine it. You know, pitting two adults against each other, yeah. but pitting a bunch you know two adults. And another kid against a little kid. It's not a, it's spe- not a, a mystery sort of ending. It's yeah. just like, oh, fuck that kid. Yeah, Shit. he's, he's fucked. Well, and speaking of, the rest I, of the town now. I, I did enjoy the, the the sibling swap on who... Yeah, the fact... So they... Since this is the spoiler episode, they do, like... They don't take out Gage. They take out Ellie... Mm-hmm. But they even do this kind of like shell game thing where like you think you like, think, oh, wait. Yeah. Exactly. But if you know movie tropes, like I've never seen anything and I didn't know what was coming. I'm like, they're trying to make you expect that that kid's going to die. And you know that this kid's going to die. You know that they're trying to make you feel that well, way. Like, but you it was, feel manipulated. Almost. It was manipulative, but also like because in the book and the, the other movie, like Gage is the one that dies. Mm-hmm. Like it has, it carries, yeah. their little subterfuge carries more weight because you're like, oh, wait, no, he is going to, but... Well, like you said, you sniffed that out right away, right? Of course. Yeah. So, but and and the 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 actress who plays Ellie, I thought she did a fantastic job. I did too. Job. I she, did too. She was great. You know, if she sticks with acting, she's got a good career. She was so ahead sweet, and then you're like, how is she gonna pull off this evil thing? Oh she was yeah, and she fuck, man. yeah, oh. and whatever you know, little person stunt double that they got for some of that stuff, the little kind of con- contortion kind of thing she yeah. did. You know, and I know that, that that you were saying there there was a whole gripe with you know um, how is this little kid you know strong enough to drag her dead mom up here you know and you know they they did kind of briefly touch on that a l- little bit there at the end when um, when Lewis was holding her down with I think his foot was mm-hmm. it put his foot on her and she started just the way that she started moving like the speed yeah which it was very like okay this is a this kid is possessed yeah like, straight up it's not, not just reanimated so there must be some other like there's force another strength behind in her it. yeah because yeah. it's not really her it's like because yeah. she started moving just you know incredibly incredibly fast and like like blurring almost like, right right 
that you know your physical yeah we can see they had actually manipulated the, exactly. the footage yeah which exactly. is a silly trope in itself <laughs> yeah it is I mean I I didn't hate it there but I mean it was you know too few too late at that point but um it it, it was I don't know they just didn't need superhuman strength because they didn't in the original they, well, they, no, they were right. they were able to play off your grief. To get you in close, yes. to do whatever dastardly deed they needed mm-hmm. to do beyond that, right. there was no need for there to be, you know, this huge outlandish action fight and a knife fight. Like there was no Hiding need for any bed. of it. Yeah, yeah. all that silliness, you know, was just not necessary and sloppy. Yeah, and uh, but, kind of, go ahead. Yeah, oh, no, sorry. No, that's fine. Okay, uh, you know, then that's that's what they do to to get it more towards that yeah market audience that they're pushing towards more of a horror movie and not so much psychological but more scary because while the first film you know was you know definitely at its time you know i would call it a horror movie now you you go back and you kind of rewatch it and it's more of a suspense thriller with Mm -hmm. horror elements i Mm -hmm. feel like i knew that there was a bad turn once ellie hung out and wasn't evil immediately like, I already knew, I was like, oh shit, they're going to make her a brand new character at the end of the movie. Now you have to get used to this extra character that they've thrown in at you that's supposed to, you know, change the tide. And it's not believable. Wait, wait, say that, say that again. Sorry. So, so when she comes back reanimated, she's not instantly evil like in, in, in the original. Oh, movie, right, which right. Is, which is kind of something that we wanted to see. What, what, Gage came back in the original, and the first thing he did was go for a fucking scalpel and go after Judd. Like, no questions asked. Right. It was, you know, and uh, even Church. When Church came back, Church was evil instantly. This one came back, and it's like, oh, I love you, and you yeah. know, I miss you, but, you know, there's something wrong inside of me. Yeah. And this new character that they made couldn't stand it. There was just no point for it. Like get on with it already what? so at the at the the hour and 40 minute mark you know um the length of this film i felt it was too long i was just waiting for them to get it over I, with. I was too actually get yeah, it over with. they didn't take time where they needed to take time and then they took too much time yeah where they, didn't where they shouldn't have yeah like, just wrong choices in character development of a a fodder character that she that, that's pointless so. yeah i mean i would even argue there wasn't really i didn't think there was a lot of character development just because like i said i feel like I the characters were only there to hit those beats and they it's just i didn't feel any i just didn't feel anything with them i felt that they were just very hollow and uh just there to move through the script and you know another thing is when i said this earlier but too many jump scares and when a lot of your horror elements, your you know your horror scenes, are coming from either dream sequences or hallucinations. Sometimes it's fine, but when when that's all you have, the movie's not changing my world. Then it's not changing the character's world because it's like, oh, that was just a hallucination. So even though they scared you, it doesn't really mean as much because it's like, well, yeah, but now, okay, and I, I realize their world was changing. But it just, I don't know, the, the thing where, like, the Zelda thing followed her through the whole movie reminded me, it was like they were trying to go for this logic, like, in it, the way Pennywise could manifest to any of them as mm-hmm. anything, right? But that's what Pennywise does. And so that was kind of almost making the Pet cemetery like, this omnipotent, you know, thing that was controlling the house and everything around them. And, yeah, and it, I mean, not you know, to mention Ellie's, you know, face change into... Uh into Judd's dead wife. Yes, yes. I mean, 
That was very tropey too, you know. And it's it, the the end, which I think you were referencing, where like he's about to drive the shovel through her, you know, head or whatever. Give me Evil Dead, yeah. And she stops and she's like, "But I love you." And it was, I'm like, "Oh, it's a fucking Evil Dead." Yeah, which yeah. Now, I, now I now I know what you said, what you meant when you turned to me and said that. Um, yeah, and it's just like, okay, I mean, that's fine. I, I don't Even know. Even the just, ballerina dancing scene, that's, yeah, that's fucking Evil yeah, Dead. Yeah, it just didn't feel like it, it earned any of that. Yeah, like, I agree. Even when he was going to, uh, when he was going to put down a uh, church, and then the cat, you know, was all pissing himself, and then looked at him with just those yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Puss, puss in boots face, and he's like, oh, I can't. I do love that. you, Ash. Yeah, and yeah. that was the beauty in the first one. It was these were per- these these people that came back were perceived as monsters and needed to be dealt with. Yeah. Whereas these are just like, oh, we're new characters and we're hanging around now. Yeah, and that was kind of that. that like one, that's just like why? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Where he yeah he doesn't kill the cat and then like that stupid decision number one like what that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like that you would just go release the cat like. Well, I mean it's. You know, we're cat owners, you know, if one of our cats went absolutely bad shit, you know, like physically, like you yourself, you're going to kill your cat. Yeah, but you I'd know, be worried the cat would come back just like it did, like, yeah. I'm going to protect my freaking family before yeah. I take that risk. I mean, I mean, but we don't know how far away he drove. Well, and you, so that's the thing. You don't know what you would do with that grief, and that's one of the things that, it, you know, is so insidious in the book where it undermines rational people and they do these things and also there's the idea that this is a thin space and it's influencing you but I didn't feel like I I mean I felt like there was no grief it was like funeral dig her up the same way they literally show the girl dragging the mom and in the next scene the mom is back and I'm like so what is this like a fucking microwave pet cemetery it's just, just hit the timer for 10 seconds and she's good like do you remember the fight scene at the funeral in the begin- in, the, in the first film no not like at they all. have this whole backstory about how like um, uh, Rachel's parents hate, hate oh the yes 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 and blame blame him for gage's yes. death it throws a punch at him yeah and bites it, him knocks him out of it's the in coffin. the book yeah yeah like all that stuff is just not there there's no it's so and that would start to make so much more sense yeah you're emotionally driven to do exactly these sort of no, and it would, well like what you said it would show the regression it was it would show the evolution of how they get there instead of just like i'm gonna make a dumb decision yeah, follow those, up with another one it's those things follow that are lacking yeah. yeah so okay i mean this isn't going to get better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, John I'm, Lithgow was good. Yeah. I, yeah, right. he's, he's no Fred Gwain. You yeah, know. I still could have decided him into a little bit more madness because he's been living in this thin space for so long. Yeah. And he's so rational still, you know? Well, he, he's much more he of like a... He could have been so much more creepy. He could have been so much more... Well, he's not a creepy character in the book. He's very neighborly. And that's another thing. I didn't get any neighborly shit between them. And I was trying to remember. So I read a, a, a book uh, last year that Adam Marcus actually recommended on an episode of Drinking With mm-hmm. Comics called Harvest Home. And it's a similar, like, uh, young couple without kids moves to, it's during kind of in the 70s when a lot of people were moving out into these more rural areas and away from the city, right? Which is basically white flight, I guess, now I think about it. But, um, so fuck that. But, and their neighbors are this elderly couple and then the town is weird and, you know, they're kind of their, like, conduit into this weirdness, right? But, so I was trying to remember, am I, like, superimposing the neighborly scenes because i remember reading it it reminded me of pet cemetery i'm like thinking tonight am i superimposing the neighborliness of harvest home over pet cemetery and it wasn't quite as neighborly but i really felt like there was 
this it was like the way Judd's relationship with the family it was just so staccato where it's like exactly since they were changing things already and it was this 2019 scenario where people aren't really neighborly or going yeah. over to somebody's house to have dinner like that it'd be, really ni- it'd be you nice to see him that. a creepier character which could have yeah. moved things they could have changed oh, it maybe yeah you know, which I think they hinted at it at the beginning I, I when Rachel comes up and is like oh get away from the stranger yeah exactly yeah. Get out of here. but yeah. then you know but then I think they saw that you know she got a bee sting and patch it up for which they'd said in you know in the book too same kind of thing yeah it's it's a very scraped your knee or something it's a sweet relationship in the book because he's a widower and they just get along really well and like there's a lot of scenes of him and lewis like drinking beer on the porch and blah 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 and but you get like the the wife really likes judd and there's just this real real organic chemistry between the family and him and it just makes everything that happens better but here it was just like you meet him the first time in the pet cemetery, where she's a little bit wary of him, but the daughter loves him. And then the daughter goes over there, and then the next thing you know, he's like, "Hey, Lewis, you got to see this. We got to bury this cat so it comes back." And no, then the no, movie no. Starts I mean, so they, that we they, can get to the end. No, you know? I mean they had they did like a scene, you know, or, you know, thanks for dinner? thanks for having me over for dinner. I've had a home. Just seems so rushed. I don't know. It, just, yeah, it, was. it wasn't enough. For exactly. Me. Yeah. It, they it, it was felt rushed. Five seconds before. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there was nothing sense. organic. It's yeah. like he's a creep, but now he's over for dinner, and I guess he's not so bad. So yeah, I'll bury my daughter there. Yeah, that's either cool. stick with creepy or stick with yeah. like, oh, this is my grand, completely defensive see, grandfather that I'm so yeah. sad. Yeah, unless you have died. the time to stretch that and, and show yeah, the yeah, evolution. See, that's why I feel like you know the the film could have benefited from an additional twenty minutes of yes. character development. Yes. So hey, you know what? I'm not going to give this a bad review, and well, I'm not going to give it a good <laughs> review either. But I'm not going to give a bad review until I see like. A, you know, mention of I want to know if there's a director's cut, and if there is, I'd like to see it. I mean, if it's five yeah. minutes longer, it's not. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. If it's twenty minutes longer, I'll watch it. Maybe it might change some shit, right? Maybe. I mean, all in all, for me, I, I would probably give it a, I don't know, B minus. You know, it's better than average. Like especially, I mean, the way that it's filmed. You know, the practical effects. Yeah, the the, the craft, fucking, the technique is good. Victor Pascal, that 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 effect on him oh. when he showed his brains and all that yeah. kind of shit. That was great. You know, is there room for improvement? Absolutely. You know, it's but out of one to ten, you know, it, you know, I'd give, give it a, a five out of one to ten. A five? I'd give it a five. Oh, that's a fail. No, I don't think it's a fail. That's fifty percent. It's it's that's fails. <laughs> it's a not not in my class, Johnny. Yeah. Um, I'd give it a C. I, yeah, that's a five. A, a C is a five. Is, is, a solid is five C. Is, a solid plus C. minus to solid it C. It was entertaining to watch. Yeah. I was never bored. I was never yeah. like too much. Like, oh my god, is this over yet? Yeah. I mean, that's the the beauty of it being so short. It was like, okay, look, that was fun. Stupid, yeah. stupid, but fun. Yeah. And then there were, like you said, the ending scene was like, just, if you had to break it down and make posters out of a lot of the scenes, the scenes were pretty and they were well um, Mm -hmm. arranged and interesting to look at. Yes. But that only goes so far. Yeah, right. Making a visually entertaining movie. And that last, yeah, again, that last 45 seconds of just, you know, just the, the, the undead family. Yeah. You know, walking up, you know, with... An obvious sense of purpose coming yeah. straight towards you know poor little you know Gage, locked in the car you know waiting for them to come out and it's a whole feel like you're like okay well this is actually going to turn into a zombie movie now which but which I also they're going to make a sequel that's going to be a zombie well movie. they won't make a sequel because I don't think it's going to do good but I did well, that irritated me I a mean, little bit too where they were a little bit 
two I think zombies. There was a Pet Cemetery mm. too. There was. I've never seen that. You've Ed, seen Edward that, right? Furlong, Red, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like they're gonna take over the whole town and just make a bunch. But I mean, of that was like what the mid '90s. Yes, I think. Yes. Yeah, because it was it was post Terminator Two, Edward Furlong. Right, of course. There is no pre-Terminator Two Edward Furlong. I don't think. No. <laughs> Sorry, Edward Furlong. Was it his first movie? I, that I seems know. like something from reading Can't the synopsis that was gravely different. The book, like, you know, it was people who brought people to this yeah. ancient burial ground and brought them back. No, none of the dead people ever brought anybody there. Right. So there was never a feeling of like these dead people are like a virus that want to spread. You know, but that's but why. That's what the, but this movie makes it seem like these dead people want more dead people. Right, to come and that's of course them. going into the like zeitgeist of the zombie thing, right? So it's like feeling. it's a way to shoehorn it in. And then it goes to the thing about it being marketed towards people that would also go see after. You know, mm. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. So, I, so I'm hoping we can review after when it comes out. Oh, yeah. No, oh, I'm God, no. Yeah. Will you yeah, be my date I, again? <laughs> you know, I, I want to go back and rewatch Pet Cemetery too. Like Edward Furlong. Uh, There's, I've never said that. No, no, no. After saying I want to go back and rewatch this, I would movie. rather watch that than this one. You didn't yeah. like. Yeah, you, I mean, you didn't like Pecker. Is he in Pecker? Oh, he is yeah, in Pecker. He, he is. He's Pecker. Um, but Edward Furlong, uh, Anthony Edwards, Clancy Brown. Yeah, Clancy Brown. Um, the little blonde kid from Big and Overboard and Honey, mm-hmm. I Shrunk the Kids and stuff. He just did that quintessential, quintessential eighties blonde kid. Yeah, but like not, you know, he was Tom Hanks's buddy in Big, you know. I never saw Big. What? Uh, what? You're fired. <laughs> um, I would honestly say that the, like I said before, the uh, first and second portions of the film were pretty good. Um, third falls apart for me, uh, and unfortunately, that's a, you know, I can't even say that because these directors, um, having watched Starry Eyes. Uh, Kind of tried to put put all their eggs in a basket at the end, and it, even that was just like underwhelming. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, thumbs down. Okay, if, thumbs okay. down. Yeah, it's funny we're all doing different. Like I said, five out of ten. You said C. You said thumbs down. So you got to come we up with a unique way. Yeah. <laughs> I give it a solid five out of seven. Okay. Five skulls out of seven. Yeah, five out of seven. Okay. If it was yeah, eBay, solid this movie. Would be a, a neutral review. <laughs> I'm gonna use the eBay. It's not a good. It's not a bad. It's just a technique. neutral. It's enough um, to get you to say, eh, I guess I'll buy from them. So what did you think? I review this film. Yes. We'll be back uh, when After comes out with a full commentary on that movie. No, we'll be back in a couple weeks. So, uh, Chris, good to have you back. Thank you. Ray uh, sends his regards from hell. No, he's not in hell. I don't know where he is. He couldn't make it. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Anthony. I'm Chris. I'm Susan. You'll probably never hear from me again. Oh, that's <laughs> no. Okay. She'll I'm be just, back. We're the horror like home. <laughs>